Welcome to Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. Forget the hustle, we're here to live life well and enjoy work. So join us for a drink, a cuddle, and some super authentic work chat with your hosts, Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe as this will help others to discover the podcast. And stay tuned to the end of the episode for our resource of the week. Woohoo! Woohoo! Oh, this feels nice. We're back in the closet. We are shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> this is like, this is, we're real. Like this is, this is a special moment. Yeah. You know? It's like when Steve Jobs was making, what did Steve Jobs, Apple in his in garage. In his garage, yeah. Yeah, but we've even got less space <laughs> We don't have oh, a house. We no. have sm- two small little apartments. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. You know? I mean, you've got to, like, yeah, recording a podcast, there's very specific requirements. I think people often kind of underestimate what, what it actually looks like to make a podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think even our favorite podcast with Dolly and Pandora mm. called The High Low, like, they're in, like, a studio. Like, it's not going to be a fancy looking place. Yeah, but you always, like, imagine them, like, reclining on a sofa. Me too. I With really a glass do. of rosé and they're like, blah, blah, blah. But actually, you're kind of, like, leaning towards this microphone. Yeah. In a very unnatural way. It's 100% true. Yeah. Um, how are you, Penny? I'm just great. Fabulous. Yeah. What's going on? What are you thinking about? Oh, uh, well, um, I mean, like, I know this is not a totally new conversation, but don't you think we need a new definition of like, what is self-made? You know how they say, yes. so-and-so is a self-made billionaire, blah, blah, blah. Kylie Jenner, you know yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> hilarious that she gets called a, a self-made billionaire. Yeah, because like building a brand is the hardest part, maybe, of, of getting those billions of dollars. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, how do we define this? Like, Do you get to be self-made if you had like really rich parents and you went to Harvard? I don't I just think so yeah I mean like is that self-made in the way that the, yeah. the term was invented maybe but yeah I don't know I was just thinking about that a lot the other day and I was like fuck I mean yeah I think I think that's a conversation that's going to happen in the next to. few years because we've got a lot of like crazy family wealth just getting kind of passed over to the next generation it's like yeah for sure I mean it's always going to be like I'm not saying that this Kylie Jenner chick isn't Mm. like you know maybe working hard and she's like making shit happen Mm -hmm. for sure and Mm -hmm. it doesn't you know what I mean there's also like the other ones that are doing less I don't know who the what the other Kardashians are up to but whatever it seems like she's the one who's like really going for it Mm. other than the model one of course she's Mm. also like doing stuff but like she had every resource available to her to make that happen. Yeah, totally. So it's just not the same thing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm not to be mean, but she also had someone to pay for all her facial work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What's up with the lip thing? Oh, my God, the other day, so I... Lips have, are really having a moment, aren't they? Lips are. They're still. It's been a while that this whole lip thing has been a craze. Mm. Um, And I have... um, like quite small lips <laughs> and I got give uh served this um I think can't remember if it was on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever but like I think it was like a sponsored post that was like 
fix your thin lips. <laughs> it's just like, why do they need to be fixed? There's Aww. something wrong with my thin lips. Yeah. You know? I just... mean, like everything has to be fixed about us, Brittany. We're all broken and wrong. It was so, I was so sad when I saw that. Oh, it's so depressing. I mean, more sad, yeah, for like humankind. Yeah. The fact that we actually say those kind of things to each other. But Absolutely. Anyway. Um, the other thing I was thinking about this week is like, I don't know if every, anyone else has this problem, but I have this compulsion when I see interesting articles, I open them in a new tab and then I feel like I need to read all of them before I start doing what I do. It's like a major procrastination tool for me. So You read so many articles. Yeah. It's mind boggling. Yeah. And yeah. like I, I hit my free article limit on The Economist the other day and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, thank the Lord. You just gave me an extra 40 minutes in my day. So I had like all these tabs open and I couldn't read any of them and I had this like weird sense of uh, FOMO, I was like, I'm never going to know what's in that article yeah. about like how Mark Zuckerberg wants to create WeChat for <laughs> Facebook. Um, and then the other part of me was like, oh, good. I can actually just start working now. Yeah. So um, how many articles do you get in The Economist? <sighs> I think you, you know? get like five free a month. Okay. With with the particular subscription I model, model that I'm on, which is the free one. The free one, right. Um, <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like I subscribe to a couple of publications mm -hmm. and now I'm like, well, I have all these things to read. So I want to know like who, how do you prioritize what to read yeah. in the world? <laughs> that's a really good uh, good question. Like I think what a lot needs of people... to be read and what doesn't? I want to read everything. I want to know everything that's there to know. That's so funny. I'm I'm like the exact opposite. <laughs> like I want to only take in the best. Like I, I want to, like I'm the person that reads something, which is a bit sad, but I read it after like a lot of other people have read it yeah, because yeah, then yeah. it's been like bubbled up as like this thing that you have to read, but you it, know? But it's also kind of been a... Uh like validated in a yes. way as an important thing to read. Exactly. But do you think there's like, <laughs> there's an app for that? I'm sure there's an app for that. There's but like, do you be. think there's a service that tells me all the things I need to read every day? Like if I could just have one email that was like, here's your five articles that, but then that's going to be put me in an algorithmic bubble, isn't it? Maybe. Which is a problem. Okay. Well, so if any readers one... have any tips... I can't remember the name of it now, but I will remember and then put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But there's this one, um, like they send you an email every morning and it gives you like the rundown of like things That's that right. are hot on, you know, in the news or whatever right That's now. That's right. Yeah. It's called um, The Skim. The Skim. Yeah. Very yeah. good, Penny. That's yes. exactly what it's called. Female founded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I like that a lot. That could be like something like that. There are several of those that yeah. could be good for you, but might just you pique your curiosity even Ooh, more. I'm just a curious being. You're so curious. <laughs> um, you want to know it all. I do. Wouldn't yeah. that be lovely? It Oops. was. I made a chair sound. Sorry, Max. Um, <laughs> so what, what's up with you, Britt? Oh, there's so many things, Penny. There's so many things. I'm so excited to hear the first one. <laughs> so I have to say, I added this to my notes um, just before starting the episode because mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to talk about because it, it affected my mood today in a big way. Okay. In a so, good or bad way? Um, bad. Okay. Oh my God. You look so angry right now. Yeah. So I'm scared. My my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Your German. My German boyfriend. <laughs> Came out of the shower this morning, out of the bathroom, mm. fully shaved off his beard. I thought you were going to say fully naked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I we never like, see each other naked. You. <laughs> um, that, so he shaved his beard off. He shaved the whole thing off. What? Without even asking? No, com no consultation. <laughs> Here's the thing. 
it's not like, so there's this whole, there's the boy girl thing, right? If a guy has like, and he had a significant beard, right? Yeah. It was a real feature of his aesthetic. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah. A real feature. Um, so he, he has this beard. I have like long hair, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we always kind of talk about how it's both of these things are like, like his beard is his thing that like, I, I should have a little bit of say. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? In yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And it's okay. Like, I mean, actually, what's really funny is I really feel like it's a one-way street because in terms of my hair, like, I never consult mm. on what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> I just do it. Mm. But he comes out, fully shaved beard, then goes to kiss me, and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> Who is this stranger who's trying to kiss me? I'm going to go tell my boyfriend Your on you. Your face is bald! Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a crazy... It's actually oh, a we really God. weird thing when someone you know so well changes something in, yeah. in their appearance yeah. and you have to like readjust yeah. to how they look. Do you know what? Like <laughs> I, I did a couple of um, radical hair changes when I was having like, you know, when you're having major emotional problems and you're like, yes. I'll just bleach my whole head. Like I have brown hair. There's no getting around it. Um, and so I, I paid like fucking heaps of money at the hairdresser to go all blonde, like Britney blonde. Um, and it looked really great, but of course it my hair fell really out. Good. Um, <laughs> but my boyfriend, when he saw it, he was like, Oh, it's like having a whole new girlfriend. I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know if I should be offended or not, but I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. so you understand. The, the response will never be correct. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um, I was really upset about that. Um, the other thing, actually an interesting thing that, uh, that happened this week, I had some friends over for dinner and some friends who I hadn't seen in a long time, mm -hmm. girlfriends, and, um, they all work in like different, um, areas and industries, right? One of them is a doctor. The other works in, uh, like kind of tech actually. Mm -hmm. And the other one is like a, she works, uh, with her hands. Like she's an artist and she makes pottery. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, she makes ceramics. I shouldn't say pottery. It's oh, like really? not the same thing. Okay. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> FYI, <laughs> exactly. Just so you guys know. So, um, uh, actually it's not even ceramics. It's porcelain. Oh, that's why I love said, a bit of porcelain. Yeah. She makes porcelain. My grandma She's used to give talented. me really nice porcelain figurines. Oh. Well, I don't even know if they were nice. They just had sentimental value. Yeah. But anyway, continue. So we were talking about work and everybody was, we were all kind of catching up on each other's work life and what's going on. And it was just so fascinating because my one friend who's a doctor, she was talking about how she is, um, at work, they have a consultant mm -hmm. coming in mm -hmm. and, um, and she works in like the surgical kind of unit mm -hmm. and she has a, a consultant coming in and he's basically making sure, like, it was just fascinating to me. I've never really talked to anybody who works in like, mm. in the medical field Outside of the, yeah. about the kind of politics behind oh, it. Yeah. Apparently it's gnarly. It's oh like really God. gnarly. So what was the consultant doing? So he I was, was like, he's like, um, trying to make sure that they're basically turning over as many patients as oh, possible. Okay. As so quickly kind of as like possible. efficiency and product. yes, yeah. Okay, but this is a disaster for her, right? And mm. for and for a lot of the patients because he doesn't really give a shit about them. He doesn't really give a shit about oh. like the hospital's reputation, other than the the reputation of whether or not they're like actually getting through the patients. Yeah, in a, yeah. In the right. This is of time fascinating because I literally just listened to something or read something this week that was talking about the fact that female doctors are um so they did this big study yada mm. yada female doctors have better health outcomes for their patients but they're slower so like oh. women make less money as doctors because they see fewer patients within the working day because they're spending more time with each patient isn't yeah. that fascinating yeah I'm like 
oh, like that it's just so, so interesting, sense. especially when you think about the gender pay gap, like all the different ways which that could be occurring. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, and it's not saying like women are naturally better at being doctors. It's saying like they're putting the time in, they're exactly. putting the effort in, and that's something that's available to everyone. Yeah. But men are being paid more because they're not putting the effort in. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Super interesting. Yeah. Can I just uh, move my chair? Yeah. It's like tipping over. Oh. <laughs> it was like. Oh. <laughs> So the thing was, is like talking to her was so interesting because she was saying basically exactly that, right? Mm. Like she is, she'll go in and see a patient and she's um an anesthesiologist. Ooh, you yeah. did it right. Yay. I'm always like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one to say. Yeah, right. Um, so she sees patients like before they go into like a surgery and then she sees them when they come out of the surgery as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, and she really does take the time to like, talk with them and to like make sure they're okay because often when they wake up from surgery it's very very scary yeah Yeah. and and sometimes they're even like irrational and Mm. they get like really like physical and whatever so she was saying there was this one woman and she really like woke up and really panicked and Mm. they had to kind of like she was an older woman as well so they were had to be careful but they had to kind of like almost like jump on top of her to like calm her down so she didn't hurt herself yeah of course and then and then like the next day or later in the day or whatever because so they sedated her and then later in the day my friend went and saw her and just to talk to her about what had happened Mm. and that and to say like you know you you, I know that you might have been confused but you were just very um uh, we were nervous that you were going to hurt yourself so Mm. that's why we had to be sort of more physical that's why we took that approach yeah and blah blah blah. and but no one ever does that you know what I mean like that's not a thing that's actually required by her job like she Mm. doesn't need to go and like she only sees the patients during those times and then yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, they don't actually have any consistency. And it's, mm. um, I mean, that's just fascinating to me. But also just interesting because she's dealing with this whole consultant coming in and trying to do a good job where mm. she feels happy about it and, and feels like her patients are being taken care of well, but also trying to satisfy this consultant because that's, you know, they've been brought in by the yeah. by her yeah. superior. She doesn't want to look bad in front of Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just uh. it's just so interesting working with consultants because they always come in, they don't know a lot of the background usually. Mm. And they have all the answers or they yeah. say they do. And but but it's it's difficult because it's good to have someone come in from the outside, but it's also good for them to be, like take the time to get to know what's actually happening on yeah, the inside. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I always have this question about consultants because, like, obviously they're get, being engaged by the business. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to answer questions that the the senior leadership or the owner or whatever believes are the questions to be answered. But actually, maybe they're doing it wrong. Like yeah. maybe the CEO or the manager or whatever doesn't have the right ideas about what's going wrong in the organization. Uh, I'm just so fascinated. Um, let's give a little shout out to like nurses and doctors in hospitals. Oh, you guys totally. really like deal with a lot of shit yeah. and it's not very rewarding. And it, I've heard that like some junior doctors work kind of like, you know, 20 hour days every single day insane, for a couple of weeks. Insane. It's just, I can't that's imagine. actually outrageous because it's like, surely the, you're, when you're looking after the health of another human being, you should be well rested and have all of your faculties. Um, yeah. Mm, I yeah. think, I mean, I think that's something that's happening at the moment. A lot of, uh, you know, like government health authorities are like, um, how do we fix that small problem of people right. like being walking zombies and, and having to look after other people. Yeah. I mean, speaking of 
being well-rested. I have been very much focused on that these days, Penny. Good. Okay, I've been saying no to a lot of things. You'd be so proud. I would, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, (laughs) I'm still doing my show every Sunday, but I took like just a little breather from comedy just because I needed to feel a little bit more that I had things in order. Yeah. And like... Just that I was like calm and I'm like doing uh, yeah. my word of the year yes. coming up again. Yeah, calm. good, good. Um, yeah, so I've been like, and, and like even things where I feel like um, it's not that I necessarily had a bunch of other things going on, mm. but like in advance, I was just like, you know what? That's not on my priority list. It's It would be something maybe that would be nice to do if I weren't as busy, you know, or I... I hate using the word. I'm so busy. But if I didn't have as many things going on. You are very busy. Like for a start, you travel for work frequently. Yeah. Secondly, you have a full-time job. Thirdly, you do the podcast. And fourthly, you do the comedy show. And fifthly, you have a boyfriend. And sixthly, sixthly, which actually be firstly, you have me to look after. Yeah. (laughs) So like. My buds as well. I mean like, yeah. Yeah. It's actually like I, even when I was just doing my creative writing class on Thursdays, I was like fuck, I'm really struggling to find time to read all my classmates' work and everything. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think it's good. And it's also good to proactively be like, oh, I don't have anything planned for that week, but I could also just have some fucking time out. That's exactly what I've been doing. Like mm. I had something come up and I was like, it was like a couple weeks away and I was like, you know, there's nothing planned there, but I just have a feeling mm. that when that time comes around, I'm maybe not going to want to do that thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I've just been trying Great. to do that. And it's been just fabulous. <laughs> that was a little high five. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good. And um, also... Um, what else? What, what else, else is happening? What else? What else? <laughs> I mean, I have so many things to talk to you about. I feel like it's I been know. ages. Yeah. Um, so I also have been getting a little bit distracted at work lately, speaking mm-hmm. of busy and having a lot of things going on. So the thing is... At the office, I am often sitting in this open space. Yes, it's very much like a cafe. Yeah. But a cafe full of people you know and love to chat with. Right. <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah. So the the thing is a lot of people at the office actually do have these little closed rooms mm. that they can work in. Mm. And it's very difficult to be disrupted. Yeah. Because they're, yeah, they're Because you can off. close the door and then when people, I mean, they have glass doors. So exactly. you can kind of wave through the door and be like, hey, and they can be like, fuck off. Yeah. I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. But I'm in this like open area mm. where people are frequently coming in and they always feel I mean, I get the sense they feel like they have to engage with me when they come in. Yeah, right. And I'm like, no, but I'm doing my thing. Like, you don't have to come over and say, how are you? Do you want a coffee? Do you want a blah, blah, blah? Whatever. It's like, just leave me be. Yeah. I'm in the zone. Just imagine I'm in a cubicle right yeah, now. Like yeah. That. So maybe I should just like make that announcement. I used to, um, at one of my old jobs, I used to fold a piece of paper in half. So it was like um, I'd sit it. Like uh, a teepee. Like a teepee, yeah. And I'd say, please don't interrupt unless it's urgent. And I just oh. put it on my desk and That's just be like, idea. just fucking leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a little harsh, but people would laugh at it. You know, they'd yeah. be like, oh, good. Well, now I know not to interrupt you. Um, yeah, That's which great. is better. I put, so I put my, this problem on Instagram and someone said something that I really liked. They responded, <laughs> they were like, you know what I do is I um, like basically jump around and like hide from my colleagues all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So they like, they go to one place and then they'll like go to a meeting room and they'll mm. stay in the meeting room until they can't anymore. And then they'll move to like the kitchen area if no one's there. And then they'll yeah. move. So it's like people don't, like, yeah, 
but I mean, I don't know. That doesn't that's really also work. annoying because it means like you have to pick up your charger and your water bottle and your phone so and your laptop. And it's like a big ordeal moving around all day. That's a good point. Um, yeah. But yeah, good tip. If that, if that is what works for you and your battery has lots of battery life, yeah, then go for it. Exactly. I'll just be under the table hiding <laughs> all day at work. <laughs> Okay, question number one. Are you ready for it? I'm born ready. All right. Hi, Penny and Brittany. I recently found a job that I wanted to apply for online, but I got stuck when I saw that the ad requests salary expectations. Should or shouldn't I include this in the cover letter? When it comes to this job, I am quite open. The role would be a new challenge for me, plus it would be a promotion. It's also really close to home and will give me better work-life balance, so less time and money spent commuting commuting. However, it's at a smaller company, so I appreciate that salaries may not be as competitive. I don't want to put them off by aiming too high. Please, what should I do? Thanks so much, Martha. Thanks, Martha. That's such a good question. It because is so good. Do you, have you ever done one of those um, where, where you're like applying for a job on LinkedIn or something and it's like you have to insert your salary expectations yes. here and you can't submit the application unless you put your salary expectations in? I don't – I. Yeah, I I hate that actually. I once it's done, if I see that, I'm like, that's not the job for me. Interesting. Because this should be a, an open conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not interested in like. They should want the right people for the right price. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Interesting. So, what would you do then? You definitely wouldn't mention it in your cover letter. Um. Well, I, okay. So I. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. So, I, and first, I want to just say that the fact that you're excited about the role and the challenge and the promotion and the faster commute, it's actually, and I don't mean this to sound harsh, but it's not at all relevant. Relevant it's, to your salary? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's super important, um, just because, especially because you're a woman, that you are getting a salary that is commensurate with your experience and your skills and market value for a whole lot of reasons. Um, so, just Put those things to the side. Like those are pluses. Those are nice to haves, but they should never impact your salary. I think that's such a good point. Like mm. people are like, when you like love your job or whatever, yeah. people are like, oh, well, I love it. So like, it's okay that I'm not making as much. It's like, no, no that's not actually how it should work. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's really good that you're getting all those things. And yes. it's, and especially if it's a promotion, you should be getting more than your last job, not, ne- not less. Right. Um, so I always approach these things less from the perspective of like myself and what I want to need and, and the company and more from the market perspective. So your first step is to find out what the salary range is for, um, for that role at that level of seniority. Um, so, you know, do the things that you would normally do to find out what that person, if any person was applying for that job, what would they, what would the range be? Um, and obviously like we've talked about things like Glassdoor and Payscale, um, which, they, they can be controversial because what bosses can do is go into pay scale and just enter a whole bunch of random terms in and then be like, oh, the average salary for your skills and your role is this. And I'm, and you're like, mm, no, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've fucked up the results by using yeah. the wrong thing. But if you're willing to go through and do the entire survey and put your age and your experience and your education and everything into pay scale, then you'll start to get a better idea of what, what that 
uh, salary should actually be. Yeah. The thing is, is like, I, I, I totally understand Martha where you're coming from because I've had that, that same thought is like, yes, um, I, this is a job I really want. This is a company I'm so excited to work for. Mm. I don't care. Like I'll just work for free if I, whatever, you know, and that's all well and good. Um, at the beginning that you're that excited about it. The problem is once you get into the role and once the, the like little, the freshness of it kind of evaporates, mm. right? Like in any new relationship, you will then realize that, oh, this other person's making more than me and they're doing less. And they have and less experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're younger, they're whatever. And you will change your mind mm. about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Mm. It, like, it's just, even if, even if money is not an issue for you, it's going to be something that impacts how you're like, you feel recognized at work. Mm. And it's important that you're, yeah, at a, at a level that you feel is fair and that is in the market is mm. actually fair. Yeah. I mean, like what employers do is they say, oh, what was your past salary? Or can mm. you mention your salary expectations in your cover letter? Blah, blah, blah. And that's like, they're not, these people aren't necessarily bad people, but these are all tactics to get you locked into a lower salary. Of yeah. course, it's in their interest to to hire people at lower salary. So I wouldn't mention it in the cover letter because you actually don't have to, but you can refer to that concept of salary expectations. Um, I would just be like, uh, you've asked my salary expectations, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about the role before we talk about this. That's great. And you can just say like, you've, you've, you've said, I don't want to talk about this right now. Um, because what you can do is once you get into the interview, um, you can ho ask a whole bunch of questions and then you'll have a better idea. And even in the interview, they'll ask you again. You don't have to give it to them then. Yeah. Like I, I would play pretty hard ball. Um, and then like basically they have, they have an idea of what they're going to pay exactly. this person. Yeah. They have a budget. So, yeah. Like you need to, I mean, like, would you say that it would be probably best to try to get that out of them? Um, I, I, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Like if they're experienced, they yeah. will never give it to you. But uh, for me personally, I would not include it in the cover letter, but talk about the conversation and then have the first interview. And then I would go home. I'd figure out what you reckon they get, they want to pay mm -hmm. and then just email them and be like, this is what my expectations are for this role. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Because that just, it makes perfect sense. Like you need all the information. You need for to know sure. how many people you'll be managing, what kind of budgets you'll be managing, what kind of clients you'll be working with. Like all of that stuff has an impact on the salary. So mm -hmm. if you have, if you start working at a company and they're like, so we work with not-for-profits, right? Like all of our clients are not-for-profits. Mm -hmm. Then you can expect you're going to be getting a pretty low salary. Um, whereas if they're like, we work with multinational corporations like Daimler and, um, you know, Facebook, then those clients are worth heaps of money. And we, that company is definitely charging heaps of money to, to work with those clients. So you want a good piece of that pie. Yeah. How great is it in like a, a job ad where they say how much they're willing to pay? Oh, it's great. It's I the love best, it. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because then you're just like, oh, it's clear, yeah. you know? And if it's if it's like somewhere close, but you want to get like a little bit more, you know that that might be possible. Mm. Like it's just so great when yeah. you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're struggling to find out what these kind of jobs are, what you would get paid in a particular job, just ask around, like ask yeah. um, maybe like your old boss or someone who someone who doesn't actually have skin in the game. Um, yeah. yeah. 
because I think that can be a really good uh, indicator. Just just sort of say to them like, oh, I'll be doing this and this and what do you reckon is reasonable there? Um, yeah. Yeah. Ranting on. Sorry. I think, <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. I mean, the thing is... <sighs> It's so hard because like, if you really want this position, it's going to be so hard for you to actually ask for like a tough, like, you know, like kind of bring that tough conversation forward and actually say, Hey, I want to, I want to make like X amount of dollars and, um, Mm. that's it, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing though, maybe worth considering is like how much, like have an idea of what you want to make. And then like, what is the, the parameter, like the, the percentage that you're willing to like sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Um, because it, it does make sense in a, in a way that you would make a little smidgen le- or you'd be, you'd be okay with making a little bit less than maybe your optimum salary. If there were like really great opportunities for advancement, yeah. you know, if you could really get some crazy experience, if this is a really fast growing company, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things, maybe you can even get other things like, um, shares mm. or whatever it is, um, mm, that would kind sure. of supplement that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was Actually, talking Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, I was talking with a friend who works at like a really big, uh, I always frustrated. It's like, is it a startup? I mean, they're in rounds of funding. So yes, mm-hmm. it's a startup, yeah. but it's a massive startup and very mm-hmm. well funded. Mm-hmm. And they are like about to come into like another big funding round. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so interesting because she has shares. So there's all of these like, so I was talking to her there. I'm like, so is this like, is this exciting when there's a big funding round coming to the company because Mm. I'm imagining that that comes with more stress and work and expectations Mm. right like people don't invest in a company without being like and now you have to do this for us you know yeah um so and she was like yeah that's exactly right like the the company's like when you get these big investment rounds you're kind of like oh it's a bit like no like people aren't super excited about it except she has shares Mm. so it's like that's a really great thing. And you can, I mean, God, honestly, in my mind, like right now, after hearing her talk about it, I'm like, almost seems like more companies should do that. Mm. You know what I mean? And not just startups and business, like, but actually like, you know, even, even like agencies and, you know, like these companies where you're, you're working so much. And so you're like giving so much of yourself Mm. to this company and giving someone shares, like just, makes them feel like it's part of their company as well. Oh, for sure. And the motivation when you're doing something for yourself, yeah. like when you have some ownership, is a whole it's a whole different ball game. For sure. And I don't you know, like it's it's kind of unpleasant even to be like, oh, but I, do, you know, I do feel differently when I'm working for myself. It's such a, it's such a different feeling. For sure. Yeah. But I just remembered um that also another thing so there's two things that can happen you can kind of go into the interview and they're like oh you know like you don't have exactly the right experience that we're looking for so we wouldn't be willing to pay more than this Mm. and you're getting a vibe from them like these people are trying to get a bargain and they're willing to make me feel bad about myself and my experience to get that bargain um that's not something that I personally think is a very nice thing so then you can be like oh well you know, it maybe this isn't going to be the dream experience for me, and maybe it's not worth the shorter commute. Maybe I'd be happy to get on a longer train to deal with nicer people and more ethical people. Yeah. The other side of that is like they they are looking you in the eye, and you're really believing that they are genuinely uh, they would like to pay more, but they just don't have the money right now. In which mm. case, I'd be like, sure. If I'm like really if we have a great connection and you believe that they would like to pay more but they can't 
um, then go for it. But then you've also got this backup of saying, and this is something I do at all of my jobs, um, and, and maybe I agree to it because I don't have a university degree, so some people are like a little bit hesitant. Yeah. But um, one thing I do is always, always, always say, okay, cool, I'll accept that salary, but I want a review in three months' time and I want it in my contract. Yeah. Um, so that you've got that little buffer zone to come in, show how fucking impressive and how much value you can provide um, and then quickly get up to a salary that you deserve. Yeah. If that makes sense. I've done that as well. And it, I've found it very mm. uh, helpful. Yeah. And, and usually what, like the, the thing is, it's so hard for like, you, if you come at it from the employer's side, right. Mm. They're hiring on this person. They don't really know them very mm. well. They have some idea of what their experience is and what they can contribute, but they don't really know. For, it's hard for them to actually give it you is a really hard. good yeah. salary right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. yeah. And also I think they want to have somewhere to go, right? Like well, they, yeah. they want to be like, oh, okay, well maybe you're not worth 75 now well, well maybe I don't I can't pay you 75 now but I'd love to maybe in six months time yeah. or whatever yeah um and also like I think we really overestimate I think all of the people that I've ever worked with have really overestimated how good they are at hiring people yeah um you know like I've, I've seen people talk about how great at hiring they are and then heard them interviewing someone and I'm like you're not really interviewing the person if you're doing all the talking. Yeah. Like if you're just talking at them about the role and stuff, it's like you're meant to, this is meant to be a conversation. So, um, you know, a lot of people are like, shit, you know, I don't, I don't have that much faith in my ability to hire the exact right person. I'm kind of just going on gut feeling, yeah. but I'm not willing to throw the full, um, you know, package at it, especially in small companies where they might not have like HR, HR professionals. Exactly. Mm. Oh, I'm really excited for you, Martha. I really hope this all goes well for you. And I think Penny, you smashed this one. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't. No, I, like you I really did. The whole time. No, but this is something that you're very uh, good at and very passionate about I'm when passionate. it comes to like I've got a little a lot of passion for salaries. You do. I mean, just <laughs> in in general, like. Um, like resume writing, cover letter writing, all, like interviews. You're very good at all of these kinds of things. Oh, thanks. So. Well, it was my old job at General Assembly. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So I had to figure it out. Real, yeah. real chop suey. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on to the next letter, um, and this is a juicy one. Ooh. Hi, Brittany and Penny. I have reached a point where I'm wondering how to approach the next step of my career. I have a couple of options at the moment, some of which would slow me down career-wise but advance me later, and others that would stop me in my tracks for a while. The question is, is it okay to take one, two, or even three steps backward in order to advance my career? Thanks so much, Jeremy. Whoa. Is this, oh, I love this question. It's really, really good. And I actually, like, a lot of the questions we get, I'm like, oh, I know about that right away. Yeah. But this one I really had to think about. Yeah, me too. This is really great. I mean, I think for anybody who's thinking about um, taking a new role um, or wanting to make a bit of a change, this is something that is definitely going to be interesting to think about. Like, mm -hmm. what are you willing to do to like, yeah, advance? Are you willing to take a step back? Are you willing to take a position that's maybe a little bit lower than your current one? Mm -hmm. Um, and then be the, the shining star. Yeah. I mean, I th it or depends on like, so many things. Yeah. Or even like, I kind of read this as he wants to do some kind of education thing, mm. like stop 
working and do a master's or a oh, or a PhD yeah. or something, but I don't know. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I think we can, we can definitely kind we of can take just talk it from about all angles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You want to go first? Okay. <laughs> okay, I will. So basically what I'm thinking in this kind of situation, I'm thinking about um, myself when I was kind of coming out of um, doing, I was doing a lot of like freelance work. Um, uh, I should say, consul- I was consulting. Mm. I say that instead of freelancer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, but I wanted to get back into like, I wanted to get into a company Mm -hmm. and I really wanted Mm -hmm. to be part of like a bigger team and all those kind of things. And I was just, I remember like, um, talking to a few different people and doing some interviews and stuff. And I remember like, like interviewing for these roles where I was like, Oh, this really feels like a pretty big step back for me. Mm, you know, mm. like it's it doesn't really feel like like the salary isn't what I would like to be getting. The you know, the the actual um uh responsibilities is kind of what I felt was like below my uh my ability mm. and all these kind of things were happening and I was thinking to myself, what am I like I do want to get into a company because I think a lot of times when you're like doing freelance work especially at a younger age you need to have a little bit of of experience in an organization oh, for sure. yeah, in yeah, order yeah. to do that. I and actually so- don't think people should go straight into freelancing because you don't get the sort of support and feedback and like, yes, you know what I mean? Like when yes. you're at a company, someone's like, oh, you should work on this. Like you're doing really well at that. You're not doing so well at that. Whereas if you're freelancing, no one's going to tell you that you're just going to stop getting work at some stage. Exactly. <laughs> That's such a good point as well. Yeah. Mm. So I was basically like thinking like, so I was going on all these interviews and then I found AJ and Smart and what they were willing to, and actually, I mean, this is, it was kind of a strange thing how I actually got hired there, but when we talked about like my role and like salary and those kinds of things, to be totally honest, mm. it was the salary was less than I was mm. hoping to get. But mm-hmm. I did that little trick that that you were talking about, the yeah. three months, right? I was like, yeah. oh, I will take this. I will first of all, I didn't accept the first offer that they yeah. gave me. I said, absolutely not. I will <laughs> I will I will not start for any less than this. Mm. And I would like a review in three months' time. Mm-hmm. Um and and that was really I think that when you're taking a step back in your career, as long as you have an idea of how you can then project forward quickly mm. or, or quicker than you could before, it's always the right idea. Yeah. Um, as well, I mean, if you are like, I, I think that a lot of people like should consider how nice it is to be the person who's maybe a little bit more experienced mm. in a more um, uh, junior role and to be the, the shining star. Oh my God. Like how nice is that? I totally agree because when I, when I moved to Germany, I was like, I'm never going to work for someone else again. But then I got a job at AJ and Smart doing the same job as what I did in Sydney. Yeah. Um, And it was the first time in my whole career that I'd done a job two times. Right. Like every job I've ever done has been a new role. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is luxurious. (laughs) This is so lovely. Like I feel so comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I mean like the, the question is like, what is, so what I want to know, is like, why, what is this advancement that you're talking about? What kind of step back are we talking about? Because, um, there's, there's this sort of angle of like, maybe for example, maybe you're going and doing a 10 week boot camp at something like general assembly or right. something yeah. where you would literally be putting your career on hold and just immersing yourself in learning a new skill or whatever 
Um, in which case I'm like, yeah, go for it. Because yes. that just makes perfect sense. Like yeah. if you think that adding whatever that skill might be uh, will push you forward, then 100% go for it. Um, but I'm always, I always question the idea of like moving to a lesser role mm. in order to do like, how is that going to help you learn anything? Well, what if, <laughs> so what if you were going from one company to another mm. and the other company, so you're, you're working in this one company, you're in a, this, this role, mm. um, and you're kind of seeing that there's not a lot of opportunity there. Uh, then see, you, see, see. you see this other company where it's mm-hmm. like, they're fast growing, they're moving quickly. It looks like I could start a little bit more junior there, mm. but I could advance quickly. Yep. I could like, I could show them what I'm made of. And then, you know, so okay, I think that perfect. that would be. Yeah, that answers my question really well, because I think in that case, absolutely do it. But you, before you do it, you have to figure out what are the opportunities for advancement yes. Like, um, and have a very open conversation with the people that are hiring you and be like, listen, this is obviously like a little bit of a, I'm treading water here a little bit if yeah. I'm coming to this company, but I'm super excited about it. Um, so I just need to know, like, hypothetically, if I was doing really well, how quickly could I move to you know, get a promotion to the next level. Um, and what training are you going to provide? And like, how mm-hmm. can we make this a really uh, juicy experience for juicy. everyone? <laughs> let's make it know, juicy. Let's. I mean, God. like, can you imagine in a job interview if someone was like, "How can we make this more juicy?" I'd be like, <laughs> "Thanks for your time. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. You can skedaddle now. Skid fucking daddle." I've been using the word <laughs> meaty. A lot lately. And I'm like, I can't get it out. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's really meaty, you know? And people are just like, Brittany, stop saying the word meat. Yeah. Like, just stop it. You just can't. It's meat just, is no. no. Meat is no. Don't do Maybe, it. Maybe, oh, no. Juicy and meaty. Juicy and meaty. Let's Too just sexual. strike them from the record. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to take those out of our vocabulary. Yeah. I think that's um, absolutely true. And I think mm. people, I mean, how, like, how great would it be if you're in an interview and you're like, you're talking about. I mean, great. And if, if the company is moving quickly and they're growing, they're going to be super excited that you are excited, that you're excited about growing yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, if the company's like at a standstill or they're like a nonprofit that's trying to keep, you know, everything steady or mm. they're just, or they just need someone to do a role for like a couple years without worrying about having to yes. give them any kind of growth and whatever, yeah. then it's going to be a problem, but it's not going to be the, the you know, the opportunity for you. So I think oh, talking so about true. that in an interview is really a great idea. For sure. And this actually, I've realized this kind of ties into, remember a few episodes ago, we talked about being overqualified. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a similar basket. Like there is, there is a good possibility that someone who's hiring, let's say like a junior or mid-level person will be like, I am hiring this person for the purposes of support to our senior person, right? Yeah. Like they don't, they don't sort of, um, they're not looking for a superstar to like jump up the ranks and, yeah. you know, get promoted and uh, start having ideas of their own. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's just a reality. They like, need stability. They need stability. They need someone who can like do the boring data entry or clean up this or do that. Um, for someone else. Yeah. In which case, like once you've had that conversation in an interview, it'll become clear that that's not the right opportunity for you or them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's about uh, having a chat to people and figuring out like whether it is an opportunity for advancement or it's actually just taking a step down. Yeah. 100%. Um, also, you had a really good point earlier about confidence. That's right. Okay. So I, I just love the idea that you're in this role where 
you're not getting appreciated very much. You're not very happy. Mm-hmm. And so you decide to take one little step back mm-hmm. and take and take a position in another company that, um, you know, hopefully will support you and will be, you know, excited about you being there. And, and excited about helping you learn as well. Yeah, that mm. as well. I mean, that's a massive confidence boost. Mm. Like going, moving jobs for that reason is huge. And you should absolutely consider taking a small step back if that's what it takes. Yeah. And then you have this boost in confidence you are going to start performing so much better than you ever did Mm -hmm. before. And I think that that is something that for your mental health is so important. Oh, for sure. I think actually what you're talking about is like achieving a level of mastery Mm. in your job, like as opposed to being in a role where you're like desperately clinging to do a good job. Yeah. Take a little step back and just like get a grip of get it what maybe not get a grip but get um get a hold of like this is my job here's how I can do it really well Mm -hmm. um maybe the workload is less intense maybe the team is more supportive maybe there's different systems in place so I think that's an excellent point like god and and that's very much in line with our like ethics uh, uh values on this podcast which is like stop clambering if you feel like you're clambering to kind of like make this um create this idea of success you can just relax sometimes that is actually perfectly okay yeah you can enjoy your life it's not uh doesn't make you a loser or a bad person to actually just want to enjoy your life and the time that you have on this planet um, Cheers to that pen! Oh, ding! We're actually <laughs> recording in the middle of the day, so there's no uh, yeah. there's no wine involved. Um, it's very sad, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I just say one more thing to Jeremy? Please. That I forgot to say. Um, I mean, like, so there's a, a whole bunch of different ways that you can advance your career. So I think what you should do is literally take out a pen and paper and list out exactly what you want to achieve and then brainstorm, like make a cute little mind map um, of all the ways that you might get there. So you might not actually need to leave your job and start another job. You might be able to take like a part-time course or an online course or something. You might be able to get a mentor. You might be able to, um, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can move up in your career. So um, yeah, just, just make sure that you're sort of like taking a step back and mapping it out before you pull the trigger. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks so much for that great question, Jeremy. We really loved it. Yeah, it was great. All right, you lovely listeners. Lovely, luscious L- <laughs> juicy, <laughs> juicy, meaty listeners. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode. Yeah, we hope it was valuable. Yeah, this was a fun one because it was kind of the theme. I think the two questions were in like a really nice theme. Yeah, yeah. Know? Like, what should you give up to get the job that you want? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, Ooh title? that could be a title. <laughs> Um, Anyway, we'd really like to thank you for listening. We'd like to remind you to uh, rate and review and subscribe. But also, we have a resource of the week. As we always do. Yes. And this week, I have... um, You guys, I mean, you guys should be really happy with what I've just done. Because I have convinced (laughs) Penny to give us access to her cold email approach to getting a job. So I am actually going to get her to share her email that she sent to AJ and Smart that landed her 
the job. Yeah. I think this could be super valuable for people. Okay, great. Like, I'm very embarrassed because it's it, like me big upping myself, basically. But cold but emails. Check it out. It could be really, really interesting. I think it really could be. Cold emails are something that I think people often, um, they fuck underestimate. Up. They and fuck, they them, fuck up. them up. Yeah. I honestly, like, in my entire time at AJ and Smart, I never got one good cold email oh. and I got at least three a week. Asking so for a job. Many, yeah. Not one good one. There was ones that were so clearly just they'd used the same email to approach 50 fucking companies. Insane. They hadn't even looked at the website. Yeah. Like, I was just appalled. And I got so angry about it that I would just delete them. Also, I think one thing people often underestimate in a cold email is like you'll you'll like what is what are you asking for? Yeah, like people what's often, your call to action? Yeah, like what is like because I I got this one last week where um and also this was interesting they sent this email to eight different people at AJ and Smart, Ugh. um and that is something that is really funny because I get the angle of like I'm gonna send this to all the people that mm, I know. Hopefully, at AJ one and of them Smart. will read it. But the problem was ever we all saw that that the email was sent to eight different people. So everybody was like, oh, someone else will deal with this. Yeah. So but that's also not... like, there's not eight different people at AJ and Smart that do the same thing. Yeah. So they are definitely approaching seven of the wrong people yeah. and one of the right person. And yeah. that one person is going to be like, well, you didn't even know that I was the person to talk to. Yeah. And it's, and it's actually inexcusable because LinkedIn exists. I know. And it literally tells you everything about everyone. I think that their goal was to kind of get us all like talking about this email email, which I mean, I guess we are now, right, okay. <laughs> but I think that the problem with, with this email is I don't doubt that this person is like super excited and capable and has things to offer. The mm. problem is I have no idea what they were trying to offer. <laughs> it was like it, the, the, the email was very like, um, like kind of boisterous and trying to be very excitable. And mm. there was like, there were also like some curse words like trickled in it. Yeah. Um, which so me, it had pizzazz, but it had no direction. Right. There mm. was. I literally. I was like, "Does he want a job? Does he want to, to consult? Does he or, want to? Yeah. yeah. What is it that he wants? Mm. Um. And I think. That, but that another thing that really kind of, uh, like irritates me a little bit mm. is when people just like throw like the word fuck into something just yeah. to like get attention. get attention. I yeah. hate that because it's like sometimes it belongs there. Mm. Sometimes you actually can put it in there, and it doesn't sound doesn't like yeah shake things mm. up too much, but. Anyway, it's also like whether it comes naturally to you. Exactly. Like I just swear all the time. I have to stop myself from swearing. Yeah. Whereas like you're not a big swearer, which is it would come why I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, this podcast would never make it to air. iTunes would be like, you guys are just filthy. I love that it's rated as explicit. I think that's so funny. <laughs> you have to actually, yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, people will be playing it in their cars and their kids will be like, mommy, what does cunt mean? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You just feel like it means a vajayjay. Like we we can't even say the word vagina. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's great. Okay, that is going to be our resource of the week. Yep. I hope you guys enjoy it. Also, if you have questions, please send them through. We absolutely love getting questions. We love it. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Um, and have a wonderful week. You yeah, guys. you guys have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. I said wonderful. Wonderful. Bye. Bye.